Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. Today, I have the privilege of talking with Yumi. Yumi Nguyen. Yumi Nguyen. Oh my God, I love it. Her, if you could see, you can't see because we're on audio, but her face is just like beautiful soul light. And she's the founder of the Motherhood Mindset. She's a speaker, writer, and coach for parents who are reparenting and breaking the cycle of generational wounds. She's the founder of the Motherhood Mindset, podcast host of What Would Love Do? Welcome. Thank you, Carly. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I am too. And I have to tell you, tell us the name of your website so people can find you. Yep. So it's www.themotherhoodmindset.com. And I'm going to include it in the show notes, motherhoodmindset.com. It's so beautifully done. I was reading through it. I'm so excited. I want to get right into it. So on your site, you say something so profound that I love. And you said, there is no one right way to do motherhood. We are all doing the best we can with what we know. Tell me how you got to this place. Wow. Um, So a few years ago, well, actually a long time ago, one of the most profound books I ever read was Don Miguel Ruiz's The Four Agreements. Okay, you can't see because I can't move my computer around. (laughs) I have them painted on signs in my house. This year is an entire year of not taking things personally for me. Amazing. Yeah. I've read it four times. I, I, I work with my coaching clients about it because it, I don't know about you, but when I read it, like the writing around it is a little bit much for me, but when you get down to the core of what the agreements are, what is your hardest agreement to do? Probably integrity, like keeping my word. Being impeccable with your word. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I just got excited. Go ahead. So The agreement where it says, do your best, right? I really understood when I read this, like everyone, everyone is doing the best with what they can, with what they have, with what they know at a point in time. And even though when you observe someone else's best and it may not be what you perceive as their best, they're doing their best because no one wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to wake up and be my worst. They're actually doing their best. And so you know, when it came to parenting, I really got and understood that my parents were doing the best with what they knew at that moment in time based on their consciousness and the awareness that they had. They couldn't love me any more than they knew how to love themselves. So I love this so much. I want our listeners who are, most of the audience is already post-divorce or going through a divorce And what I want them to hear is I never want someone to walk away feeling guilty when we're talking about parenting or motherhood or fatherhood, because I want them to understand that we can start now in this moment to change any patterns we're doing. You know, a lot of my clients for my divorce coaching, co-parent coaching are people post-divorce who are like, I'm not doing this well, who are like, I want to change how I'm going about being a single parent who want to change the way that they talk 
and of the way that they're thinking and living. So you come to the idea of your own parents with this love, which I imagine took a lot of time to get to of respecting that they were doing the best they could. Will you tell me a little bit about what your childhood was like growing up? Yeah, sure. You know, I grew up in a family where they were really impacted by the Vietnam War. Actually, before I share the story, Carly, I want to share, like, just build on what you said. No, about, I want you to go yeah, for it. Right? I think so much about parenting and being able to move forward is forgiveness. Forgiveness <sighs> of ourselves that we did the best we could with what we had and what we knew at a point in time. And to be able, when we know better, we can do better. And so I love what you said, that point where it you did, like, everyone, like, the more that you can be forgiving to yourself, for what happened because you can't change it. Will you tell me um, what your definition is of forgiveness? Because this is something that keeps coming up for me. And I recently got an understanding of it that's working right now for me, but I want to know what your thoughts are. So my thoughts on forgiveness uh, is probably really being compassionate with ourselves on what has happened. Like we can't change it. And accepting what is done is done. And, even, and that includes accepting the emotions that go with it. Like, you know, it doesn't mean that when we forgive, we eradicate the feeling of guilt and shame. Because sometimes we think we forgive, then we shouldn't feel this bad. Does that yes. make sense? I, I love this so much. And I want to tie it to something that is, I think, can really help me understand it. So mm. I used to think when it meant like you need to forgive somebody I thought in my small little mind that it meant I needed to say that what they did was okay. And that's not what it means to me. No. It was recently explained to me that it means I'm making the decision that I no longer want to carry the heaviness and weight of what happened and what was. And the way I want to tie it to what you said about accepting what what had happened Mm. is, let's say you pushed me in a pond and Mm. it's cold and gross. I'm in the pond it's gross and cold Mm. and I want to get out. I could stay in the pond and be like, I can't believe you pushed me in here for years and constantly Mm. talk about post pictures of myself in the pond and talk about how you may push me in the pond. Or I could go, she pushed me in the pond. She was probably doing her best, which must've meant she was having a hard day. I'm Mm. in the pond. I get to decide, do I want to stay here or do I want to get out? And that's what I think that me and you are actually doing on this earth is we made the decision to get out and to not complain about it. We went home and changed our clothes and, you know, dried our hair and took a shower and decided it's not going to be our story. And from it, what's interesting that I'm excited to hear about with your family and war is my family's Holocaust survivors. So I bet we have very similar, what generation are you from it? Um, Is it, would it be the first generation? So then like my parents- parents where were your what part were your parents in were they in the Um, war like they were children of the war yes so but they were directly impacted absolutely yeah and so your first generation non-war like first generation free see i'm second generation because my mom was children of holocaust survivors because their her parents they lost their whole families and so Mm There's, I bet there's a very interesting, like they just, they were doing the best that they could. So it's kind of even hard to be mad. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's almost like, I believe like, so from a spiritual perspective, I believe that we chose our parents 
for whatever evolution and understanding of love we came here to evolve into. That's from a spiritual perspective. Now, from our from a human perspective, right? It's really the the space and the compassion to really go, wow, like, you know, my mom grew up with no dad because my grandfather was a general in the war. My grandma, because she was married to him, went to jail after, you know, the war settled. And my grandfather escaped to America. He was rescued by the Americans to start a, a brand new life. So my mom had this deep wound of a father, not having a father figure, you know, and she was brought up by her grandparents and visiting her mom in jail. Wow. Right. And then there's my dad who he's, he grew up in a really wealthy family and so they didn't have to get conscripted. But what happened with him was he was three years old and sent to live in a temple because he was supposedly gifted uh-huh. But that's abandonment. Right. You know, and then they were really young and they they've ne- they didn't know each other. They went onto a refugee boat in Vietnam. So my mom, like, you know, as a teenager, I mean, I can't imagine what she went through. Then they, they met on the refugee boat escaping Vietnam wow. to the Philippines. Now, my dad was married before he met my mom. And, you know, and here they are just like surviving each day. And when they met in the Philippines, you know, they had a bit of a fling, like mm-hmm. a bit of a rendezvous. <laughs> but he was married and so in love with his wife, right? And because of a misunderstanding, he escaped the country. Come, they both come to Australia. They go their separate ways. And then he finds out my mom's pregnant. Wow. This is a movie. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a movie, you know. And, um, Wait, have you written your story down? Not really. I mean, I share about it with my audience. You have to read my memoir, Seconds and Inches, and then it's going to inspire you to write your story. It will be so beautiful for you. But keep going. I'm so interested. Mm. And so then they went their separate ways, but because he found out she was pregnant, now he was in this stuck, I guess, place thinking, oh, my God. So he's Buddhist. So then you don't have abortion because you're a really strong Buddhist. My mom's like grew up in a really Catholic family. So back then, like you, like this is like sin for them, you know. This is like I'm gonna be in hell. Like, does that make sense? So there's right. Like, it wasn't just religious. social sin; it was for them like religious sin. Religious, right? And it was just so hard for them. So and what so did he do? Like, did he leave? Did he leave to come to be your father? Well, yeah, they stayed together. Now, oh. when you're staying together, but it's not based on love. It's based on fear. Based on fear. Based on what we should do as good boys or good girls. Can I just say something? So this is so impactful for the people that are listening because for those that made the decision to get a divorce for whatever reason, there is Mm -hmm. a lot of that same feeling of we're supposed to stay together for the kids. So it's very, very similar. And the guilt And the pain when you try so hard to figure your way out, which for me was one of the most painful things I've ever experienced was how do you know what the right thing to do is? And ultimately I knew when I looked in the mirror because I saw my light went out and Mm. I know, I mean, I know today because I'm five years post, but I know my kids, which is all I cared about are so much happier because they get to see 
a mother with light. Yeah. So when your mom and dad were together, did they ever show you a love story or was it just like a fear commitment we're showing up story? Holly, when you shared what you shared, it just gave me goosebumps because growing up, I wish they divorced. I think a lot of children feel that way and they have no, parents yeah. have no idea. Or you know mm-hmm. what they do a lot in America? I don't know if they do it where you are, but they'll wait until the kids are out of the house and then they'll divorce as soon as the last kid goes away to school. Yeah. And the kid is like, we waited that whole time. We had to grow up in a house for our whole childhood watching two people who hated each other or who weren't right together tried to like be an example. And now that's my crappy example of what love looks like. Amen. Oh my <laughs> God. You you hit it on like, that was it. Like because of the dysfunction that I grew up with, I had to overcome it by being really successful and the overachiever and the seeking of perfection and the people pleaser. And I could not have a relationship. In fact, like I was like, oh, you know, relationships are messed up. If you have a relationship, you can't, you know, you can't be, yeah, it was just so saw it. You saw probably a stifled woman, an angry man that just were existing in a house and, you know, all the things that you just described go so well into that. What we were talking about earlier about the must love self is it's a, we have all these different ways that we're trying to control what's so uncontrollable. And so we're trying to control these areas of our life, whether it's our body or, you know, or our parenting or how we're going about school or work because everything else feels so out of control. Oh, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. And, you know, um, so I've been through a divorce as well. And it was the same thing. I just saw this pattern being repeated that, oh my gosh, I married my dad. I'm becoming my mom. Or there were moments that I was being my dad. And I'm like, this is not healthy. And it's terrifying. So (laughs) how long were you married for? Um, So just, I think it was like under a year and a half. Like the invitations were just done. You send your thank you notes and then a year and a half later, you're like, we're done. Well, consider this three weeks before the wedding day, I called it off. And then someone talked you into it. That's correct. Because I didn't know who I was. Was it your mom? Who talked you into it? It was actually my friends. They said, oh, "Oh, this is just jitters. That's right. They were like, oh, you know, you've never had a proper relationship before. You know, um, no, this is right. And you doubt yourself. You doubt yourself. That is so true. And I want to say something here because a lot of the people that are listening are also looking for like a new relationship or they want to not be alone. And what I always want to talk about is slow down, especially when you have kids because about, you know, you don't want to bring someone into your children's life. It's sometimes out of fear, we make these decisions to be with somebody when in reality, our gut knows like our inner soul voice is saying, don't do this. Yeah, absolutely. So how was the divorce like for your family? Like how did people handle it? Cause it doesn't sound like your parents got divorced. No, you know, it was so amazing. My parents were so supportive because they said, I want to see you happy because we weren't. They admitted it. Oh, they still admit it to that. Like, you know, like there's moments where my dad's like asking and begging my mom to leave, but she just won't leave. Because she's afraid? Because she's afraid. She's like, this is all I know. Oh, that's so sad. And I think this is where as spiritual beings having a human experience, you just got to trust that everyone is on their own journey. I think you might be one of my sisters. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we were so everything you're saying is I've already put out is crazy. So post your divorce, you are going through a new experience because now you are a new mother. So did that mean you you met a new person? I did. I met I met my husband now and you know, but before I met him, I did a lot of healing for myself. And I knew that the patterns that I inherited from my parents in relationships weren't healthy. Yes. And I didn't blame them. I, I believe that your wounds become your wisdom. I love it. Say it again. Your wounds become your wisdom. I love it. Right. And um, without his wounds. Wait, do you know that idea? I always get it wrong, but I understand it. I feel like it's an Asian culture where there's a broken vase. And yep, they, left, yep. You know what I'm talking about? And they take gold. Yep. To, and there's a, like a name for it. And they believe that it's more beautiful and sacred and strong on all those places that were broken. And so that connects so well to the, Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think it's called wabi-sabi and it's a Japanese um, gold feeling technique. Yeah. So where the um like you know when there's a crack in the plate or crack in the cup or the ceramic they fill it with gold you know I love it Mm. and that's what your wounds become your wisdom absolutely because you know and I I see it as this perspective where there's a meditation teacher called Osho and I know that he's quite controversial but one of the things that I really loved about what he said and how I've interpreted it interpreted the saying is to reach the heights of love, to reach these highest experiences of love, you must be willing to feel the depths of despair. Yes. I, I, are, there's nothing controversial about that for me. Yep. And so there's, and a lot of us aren't are afraid of leaning into our vulnerability, are afraid of those darkest parts of ourselves. I want to know yeah. what you've learned about all that you were just speaking about in terms of parenting and the motherhood mindset and how someone that's listening to it, whether they're a mother or a father can take this time and this experience where they're on their own now with their children Mm -hmm. and what seemed like their whole life laid out for them is now gone. And there's so much darkness and brokenness and wounds and how they take that. Because what I do with my clients is I want them to understand that regardless of how they get to divorce, because it really doesn't even matter, right? It doesn't even matter. We need to address like what's, what's still in your way so we can get rid of it, you know, get out of the pond and we can say now what, and how do I want to go about from here? And so how do you help parents and mothers do that who come from many different backgrounds who are lost and scared? Mm. So I lead them through a really gentle process because I think being gentle with yourself is important. And really it comes down to this question, what are you going to be more loyal to? Mm. Are you going to be more loyal to your suffering, your guilt and your shame, or are you going to be more loyal to thriving and loving? And here's the thing. There's no greater gift that you can give your child than the gift of knowing how to love thyself. Like it's no greater gift. And if we want to leave a legacy, like honestly, the biggest legacy that you can give, the greatest gift is knowing how to love thyself. Because when you thrive, 
when you're in joy, when you give yourself permission to expand and to bloom, you are your permission slip for your child. Oh my God. I love you so much. I can't even tell you how much I love this because for me, there was the thing that changed everything was I finally made the decision to stay. So like months and months and months after six years of marriage counseling back and forth misery. And I made the decision to stay and I took a selfie to see like, how do I look now that I made this decision? And it's the most depressing picture I've ever seen of myself. Like it's ironic because in the background is my designer, beautiful home that we built that I made every single detail perfect in my like beautiful rings. And Mm. there's just this dead, broken woman. And then I, today, the person I am because I made a different decision is just full of bucket lists and, and dreams and artwork and philosophies and signs. And my kids are like, they see exactly what you're saying. And it's only because I live this truth because if I didn't, if I, if I was like your mother, and I just did what I thought I needed to do because I was afraid I would miss my whole life and my kids would miss their whole life. Yeah. It's a different quantum timeline, right? But so your mother are. must look at you with some sort of reverence, whether she said it to you or not, because you're living a life that she was not capable of, of living. So this is really interesting. Um, I don't think she would look at me at reverence. I think she finds it challenging because it's almost like, you know, let's say, for example, if someone is always eating McDonald's and that's their reality and they are going, this is my truth to be unhealthy and unwell, they will see someone else who's living a different life who really honors their body. And because they are triggered by it, they would judge that. Yes, because you have to judge it. it. You because if to. you don't judge it, then you have to question why are you do why are you eating McDonald's and it would be so painful. And so yeah. back to you know the parents that are single parents, what I want everyone to understand is on the outside, when people see the way that I co-parent and the way that I try to work with other people that co-parent, which is showing up and sucking it up and taking the high road and being kind no matter what, and dropping mm-hmm. off gifts and doing whatever you can, like putting in that you know, insurance bank of just kindness is on the outside. People are like, you're so weird the way that you and your, you know, ex do this. And I'm like, well, my other option is to eat McDonald's every day. My other Mm. option is for my kids to be stuck in a miserable life between two people who are so mean. And I'm never going to do that to them. And it's like, we get to own this time. And so I want to know, like, will you tell us what you do with your clients, especially in reference to what would love do? Oh, wow. This is amazing. So when it comes to parenting, right, where let's say you feel guilty. Let's say you Mom guilt is real. Right. Let's say you feel regret for what has happened. Let's say, you know, for those of you that are on this path of divorce and separation and finding your feet and you're looking at your children and sometimes your children go, oh, I miss mommy. Oh, I miss daddy. And then you have this pain in your heart. Like I did this. I've ruined it. Right. I've, I've caused this pain. Yeah. So what would love do is almost like what are the beliefs that I can take on now that would be loving? What is a loving action? What is a loving word? What would love say to me in this moment? So 
when we're, our children are voicing their vulnerability, love would be, I can hold that space for you. Mm. I don't need to fix it because there's nothing right. wrong. Thank you so much. And I have to say, not in a gender specific way, but I think that that is a very feminine rather than masculine approach because it doesn't have to be fixed. Sometimes it's just, can I hold you while you're feeling this? I remember my oldest son. So when their father and I were going through our divorce, we had the, I would like to say opportunity with air quotes because it was awful um, to live together in our dream home for seven months while we were trying to sell it and going through the legal process of divorce. And it was very, very hard. And so they knew about it seven months earlier. We did the, like the whole telling them and then, you know, coexisting. But when we finally both moved to our new homes, the first night we moved to our new homes, my oldest son, who's like the easiest human I've ever met, he just finally, it all came crashing down on him and he, and he got really sad. And he was like, I just didn't realize that we were all going to be in different places because they thought this was divorce. We're all living in this home, even though they logically knew it. And mm. I remember he needed like something at our house. We were at someone else's house and I went to get it and I was frantically driving and doing everything I could to try to figure out how can I make his pain stop? How do I make this stop? Is there any way I can get back together with his dad? Is there any, and I'm like, no, I was going through all the things to like try to make the pain stop. And I thought to myself, Carly, the woman you are today is because of the alcohol home you grew up in is because you almost lost your life for your own disease is because of all the things you've walked through. And why would I dare take that opportunity away from him? And so what I did is I did what would love to do now. And I called his father on yeah. speaker and I said, Hey, our buddy needs us. And we talked him through it. Right. And we both just let him feel. And we're like, yeah, this sucks. There's parts of this that are going to hurt. And we love you. And, and we're right here together and you can't get rid of us. And, you know, I, I know that as a mother, I want to make their pain go away, but I can't. No, and love isn't about the pain going away. Love is about seeing the pain and loving them anyway. Yes. That's my concept of a higher power is yeah, not the kind that can take it away. But, you know, mm. there's that this beautiful story that was told to me that there, have you heard this one about the burn unit? No. So there's these two nurses that are in a burn unit and they're like in the doorway and they mm. see a little boy, like Ten-year-old little boy screaming because he has burns all over his body, and there's no way he can lay without it hurting. And there's, um, they say, one nurse says to the other nurse, "Where's God now?" And the mm. other nurse says, "He's crying right there with him." And mm. that, to me, is the kind of mother parents I want to be. I can't make the pain go away, especially for divorced families. Like, it doesn't matter how well we do this your children are going to be in pain at different times for different reasons, but it still is going to hurt. And so I love what you're saying about just sitting there, sitting there with them. Mm. The hardest thing in parenting is holding space. Oh, talk to us about that. Holding space is being able to meet our child where they're at and ourselves so that we can fully feel seen, fully feel heard, fully feel understood. Because here's the thing that I think parents fail to forget. Our children are actually okay with their anger. Our children are okay with their sadness. Our children are okay with their grief and their disappointment. They're looking for us to be okay with it. They're looking for us to meet them and going, I still love, I love you with these emotions. 
as is. As is. Because in the four agreements is my closest concept to love. And I remember, I've read them so many times, but one of the times I read it was during my first marriage. And I remember thinking, I think it was like on page 71 and 72, because I remember being so upset when I saw it. And it, it basically said, if you don't love the person you're with as they are, then you don't love them. And I, and I believe that that person deserved to be loved as they are. And I deserve to be loved as I am. And neither of us is wrong. We're just not loving each other because we're not loving each other. We both wanted the other person to be different. Yeah. And you that chosen. Not love. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing with parenting, right? We can yeah. fall into that trap with parenting is we want our kid to be different than the way they, they are. We want them to not be, you know, the kid that doesn't have any friends or the kid that gets made fun of or the kid that's making fun of. Like we want them to be the way that we had in our mind. And when they're not, we're not loving them as they are. Mm. And, you know, I want to build on this concept as well, because it's almost like as we go, like, let's say for parents that are going through divorce or the separation, it's like, I want them to be okay with the divorce. or I want them to be okay with the separation. Allow them to not be okay with it. That is so perfect because I have to tell you when I totally mistake, when I first went through everything, I probably asked my kids four times a day, how are you? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Because we were so afraid. And really Mm -hmm. what you're saying is we want them to be okay, but they're not okay. Yeah. So what's better? What's a better way to approach them to hold the space while you know they're not okay, but let them be like, what is the best way to do that? to share your vulnerability with them, you know, to be, to actually say to them, you know, sometimes I'm scared too. Sometimes I'm afraid too. Yeah. Sometimes I'm sad too. Yeah. Because we're having, we're, we're human beings and to deny our humanity is to deny this experience. And then we get caught up and we're trapped. But when they can witness us, be so loving and compassionate and graceful with our emotions. That's emotional mastery for them. Yes. Because then we give them permission to do the same with their own. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't even tell you how many times I have to say out loud to my youngest child, I'm doing the best I can. This is from the four agreements. This (laughs) is my best right now. My best usually is where's my phone? Where's my keys? Everybody has to hurry up. Did anybody brush their teeth? Like, that's my best. Yeah. 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 And the more that we embrace our own humanity, like, that is setting them up to love their own humanity. Because how many of us had to grow up being perfect? How many of us had to grow up being okay when we're not okay and holding it all in? Right. You must have with your parents because of all that they went through. For me, my parents were active alcoholics. I remember thinking, I have to get really good grades and be really good because I don't want to piss them off. Not that they like my, their stuff had nothing to do with my stuff, but I was nine, right? Like who knows, yeah. you know? And we, we try so hard to be, I don't want to put that on my kids. I want them to, yeah. you be you, you do you, you be your mess, you be whatever you need to be, right? Which is why one of the first things I learned when I was newly parenting was not to let my kid know when they came downstairs after they dressed themselves that their shirt was backwards and inside out. Mm. Because why? Like, why do I need to let them know that, right? Mm. Is it because I don't want someone to say something to them? Maybe. But ultimately, they were like, don't make your 
interaction with them be the only thing you say that they did something wrong? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, how often do we get to actually talk to our kids during the day other than like hurting them out the door? And Mm. I don't want their only interaction with me to be like, you did this wrong. Yeah. Criticism or judgment, even though that's not your intention. No, it's how how they they hear it. Right. It's how they hear it. Yeah. So tell me how your journey with motherhood has been and how it's changed you on your path. Oh, wow. You know, I remember that before I became a mother, Carly, it was all about seeking something outside of myself to prove that I'm worthy. So I had the business, like, you know, I was like trying to, I felt that my worth, even though I did all the transformational program and even though I consciously like in my mind knew that your self-worth is within, I didn't feel it. Yes. You logically knew it, but you didn't have it in your heart. I didn't have it embodied. Yes. Right. So then this profound moment came to me when Avery, our firstborn, was three weeks old. I'm standing in the kitchen. That morning I had a shower and I made the bed. And here he's having a nap. I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm making myself a hot breakfast. And I was like, God damn, you're successful today. And this feeling of wholeness came over me just because I am where I am, not because I had X, Y, Z, not because I had, you know, so much money in the bank, not because I did this, not because I was featured in this magazine. Like it was just for who I am. Mm -hmm. And I received this clear message that, you know, my son only wants me to love myself and thrive. And if I can honor that, if I can honor the spirit that's within me, that's where I'm going to love from. And I will give from the overflow. Do you know what I just realized is you just gave me such a gift. So one of the things that I'm starting to do that we talked about earlier, um, in addition to co-parent coaching is really the concept of the must love self. And from this idea, it's really hard to get, especially women to understand in their body why they need to do that. We understand logically, which is why for me, it's never about a diet or an exercise. We all know how to do those things, right? Just mm. like we all know how to parent really like the, the right way, right? Like, but ultimately when I think about it and I separate myself from it and I say, how do I want my children to do mm. this? How do I want, you know, my favorite question about divorce is would you want your marriage for your children? Yes. Right. Yes. You want this relationship for your children. Cause they're right. going to repeat the same thing. And it's the same thing about parenting. Do you want your parent? Do you, would your do you think your children are going to want to parent the way that you parent them, or are they going to take your example and go? I never want to do that to my. I never want to make my kids feel like this. And that's ultimately what matters more than anything is how mm. am I making them feel when they walk in the room? Right. I think it was Maya Angelou that talked about that when they when the children walk in the room, they should feel like the most important person. Important. Right. That they're it's, a delight. Yeah. In, in your life that they you stop what you're doing and you look at them and you're like, Hi. I mean, you, yes. even if I'm, you know, in the middle of something, you have to stop and make a huge deal about seeing them because you and I both know all you have to do is pay attention to the world. None of this is promised. Yeah. And regardless of how the story did or didn't work out, this is where we are. And so, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we could talk forever, but I'm going to ask you one last question. 
Um, mm. And here's my last question is, I want you to give us an example of what peeling away what isn't us is about for you and how you help other people do that. Oh, this is a really good one. Okay, so let's talk about guilt, yes. right? Because motherhood guilt is real. Yeah, it's, it's a real lived kind of experience, right? So one of the things that I think about guilt and my commitment is that when you hear this, we can actually peel away the impact and influence that guilt has on our daily life because we're allowed to feel it and it doesn't need to impact us or hijack our experience. I love it. So when I look at guilt, I'm like, where did I get that from? Was I born with it? No. Is it who I am? No. Where did I get it from? It's an unconscious behavior that I inherited Hmm. from my parents. Okay, then I look at, well, how did they teach me that? What is guilt then? See, if we're thinking about wholeness, in wholeness, there's acceptance of what is. I love that. And if I ask myself on a scale of one to 10, how my, and I stood and be, and were empathetic to my parents' experience of life. And I asked them on a scale of one to 10, how whole did they feel? It might've been a two or three out of 10. And so when your wholeness is a two out of three out of two or three out of 10, there's so much room for criticism, shame, feeling not enough and guilt. And that's where they parent from. And so then if I have a commitment that, you know, I've got two boys now where, and guilt is not just in motherhood, it's in fatherhood as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. But fathers just don't talk about it. What in, are we like, feeling guilty case. about? Like for me, I'm, I'm usually feeling guilty that like, especially during the pandemic, I'm feeling guilty that I'm not doing enough for them or they're not like getting something like I'm not making zucchini boats with them. You know, like that they're just, and my kids are just so, you know, very, very happy in Minecraft mm-hmm. land, doing, sleeping in, watching TV, doing nothing. The guilt that I get when it's about that kind of stuff is that I'm not like providing them like an art museum experience in my house. Okay. And this I don't is, even know what that, where does that, what is that even about? This is so good. It's because it comes from not being enough. Yes. Am I enough? Am I worthy? Am I doing enough? And so if we unpack it, right? If we really go down to the layers of I'm not enough, or where did that come from? Our parents are comparing, right? Because it's like, you know, with social media these days, oh. we only see snippets of people's lives and we're like, oh wow, look at that family and what they do for their children. Right. Should I They're be doing a that? Scavenger but- hunt outside and they've just, yeah. you know, made like <laughs> people out of paper mache and all my kids are doing are wearing the same jammies for like three days and on Minecraft. Yeah. And they're happy as can be like happy as can be. I make them take a walk. They have to wear, they can keep their pajamas on. I don't really care, but they're fine. It's me. That's right. It's our judgment. Yeah. Yep. What do you judge yourself on as a mother? Oh, this is interesting. Let me think. I, I judge myself on not spending enough time with them. Mm-hmm. Mm. I judge myself busy. on, um, you know, that I should be there more. Yeah. 
Mm. And where is that from? Oh, my, my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. And this isn't to blame them. Like, please, like, I don't, like, you know, I, right. I am so... I am so at peace with where, with like, you know, my background and where I came from. Yes. That, you know, there is this addiction that I have to doing that came from my childhood. And then, like, you know, and my parents had, like, these businesses so that they weren't around. And so then when I'm working on my business, even though it fuels me and I love it, you know, sometimes I think, oh, my gosh, should I be there, be there with them? Right. And I just want to check in with myself and go, no, like, this is really inspiring for me. This lifts my spirits up. This feels like fuels my soul. And because of that, I'm a better mom. Yes. And with that, because I 100% relate to that. And then in addition to that, we also want to be 100% in every area, which is not humanly possible, which yeah. goes back to your original topic from the beginning, which is we're doing the best we can. Yes. Yep. I mean, also, I'm not joking. I have a sign above my computer in the other room where I do a lot of work that just sit in handwriting that basically is like, you're not going to get everything done today. Because ever since the pandemic, I used to be able to get everything done. But ever since the pandemic, my brain is like a jellyfish and I'm doing the best I can. This is my best. Like my best right now is making like random artwork and which is my favorite words get to. And, um, you know, taking, doing my best. We have to, because how can we possibly successfully parent our children, which for me, successfully parenting them, my children, is raising good humans. Because I don't care what they do. I just want them to be good people. Because if they are good people, which they're only going to get from watching me be a good person, I can't just tell them. I have to bring them in the car. Come on, grab that stuff. We're donating. We're going to go to the foster. You know, they have to see it. Mm -hmm. And that's all I care about. And they know that. Like, I do not care about awards and money and any of that. I mean, they're lovely, but they're not going to make you happy. Mm. It's so, I love this point, Carly, because I think, like, the thing that I see is I think our children are always constantly to teach us to see the goodness in them. But then for us to be able to do that is to see the goodness in ourselves. Yes. And when we can see the goodness in ourselves we're a lot more gentle with ourselves they're like little you know? mirrors yeah oh they are the mirrors to our inner world my youngest <laughs> I call my karma world. baby because he's like yeah I'm like I don't even have to ask what I did because I know what I did and this is it it's just a male version and you how old are your kids they're so little yeah so I've got an almost five and a, a 14 month old okay so you just get ready not in a bad way mine are yeah. 14 13 and 11 and yep. there are penis drawings all over my house yeah. and inappropriate everything. And they're hysterical <laughs> and dirty. And we have the best time of our whole lives. And my house does not look like house beautiful. And it's okay because we <laughs> love our lives together. Like I am yeah. okay. I've, I've come to peace, but the outside does, doesn't match the inside and I'm happy about it. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. And I'm, I want everyone that's listening to know that you're coming back on my next one. So you're, you're, we're stuck together. Oh, I, I love what you created, Carly. And I love, I love what you do. How do people find you? Because you do virtual, you do online programs about motherhood. So how do they find you on your website? Yeah. So if they go to the uh, motherhood mindset, www.com www.themotherhoodmindset.com. I've got an online coaching program 
that's like self-paced that you can do for parenting. Um, and it, it's not parenting tips, right? It is the inner work. It is the creating a vision of motherhood. It is about empowering your mindset. There is a module in there about creating a shared vision, right? Because I think one of the hardest things in mindful parenting is honoring each other's vision of parenting, but also creating an aligned vision. I love it. Right. I think that writing is really important. I make my clients um, who are post-divorce write a letter to themselves from their children as if their children were in their 30s. And they have to write two letters. One letter is if they don't do anything to change the way that they're behaving, if they stay stuck in that pond and angry mm. at the father or a mother and, and just stuck. And they mm. have to write what it was like for the children to grow up in that house and what that example was like. It gives me chills when I think about it. Mm. And then the next session, they have to write one as if they did all the work and what it was mm. like to watch that light come on and, and what it was like to see the example. And I say to them, which letter do you want to receive? That is so powerful. It's, ex- yep. You get to it's, choose. Yep. It's 100% choose. up to you. Yep. I don't care about anything Amazing. on the outside. You get to choose. That's so powerful. I actually think I'm going to join. I want to do your workshop because you have so much beautiful stuff. Thank you. I would be so honored. I'm <laughs> so honored. honored. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on here. You are, you, you made my Ali. whole day. Likewise, I, and this is what, what's nourishing, right? This is what lights our soul up. And from this, imagine the ripple effect we have on the rest of the day. I know. I feel exactly the same way. I wanted to tell my listeners about a new podcast that I'm so excited about called Must Love Self. It is on iTunes and anywhere else you normally listen to. And I want you to subscribe so you can follow along on this journey of conversations I'm going to be having with brave women and professionals in the field, all who are willing to step up to the virtual microphone and share their stories of ugly and beautiful and struggles, none of which are perfect, but all who want to get better and want to love our bodies, find our worth, and use our voices the way that we are all meant to. It's going to be a pretty incredible thing. And I feel like it's going to become a movement where we can all support each other on the journey. So please check it out. Must Love Self Podcast. For any listeners out there who want help with divorce coaching, please contact me at inyourcornercoach at gmail.com. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and the world around us. Have a great day. 